and welcome to the VSA Capital Tech and Transitional Energy Podcast. Yes, the boys are back. Uh, we were away last week and uh, it's the first uh, day of autumn, 1st of September. And I would ask you, Phil, how your holiday was, but I don't need to because actually I saw you on holiday. Yeah, you did. We had a little round of golf, didn't we, at Travose? It was very enjoyable. It was excellent. Lovely weather and a super game of golf, which you won. I'm so glad you said that. I didn't have to ask. (laughs) Exactly. I think most people know that I'm pretty competitive. And uh, so I think I probably was the uh, odds on favourite just because I was determined. Um, Anyway, uh, I'm sure our listeners don't need to know about that. But Travos is a beautiful golf course. uh, And if anybody uh, listening ever wants to play Travos, let me know down in Cornwall and I'll take you around. Yeah. Which was your favourite hole, Phil? Oh, blimey. Hey, get me there. 17th, where I was trying to catch you up and <laughs> failed. <laughs> I enjoyed all of them. It was a cracking course. Didn't you end up in the brook or was that your wife? I don't want to discuss this any further. All right. <laughs> right. Let's talk about that. Well, I mean, maybe it's just, uh, uh, I mean, the, the, the world has gone a bit mad since we last spoke. Um Energy prices have just roofed it, uh, although now they're coming back off very rapidly. German energy prices one year forward have halved. Um, You know, it's a pretty crazy time. And yet what I find somewhat interesting is that um, we're not seeing the sort of reaction necessarily towards transitional energy, which is some of the solutions to these problems. Look, maybe we should. I mean, you know, the gas price is going to come back, in my view, much, much quicker than most people think. Um, the oil price obviously already has come back quite a long way. In fact, um, we're down to $93 only, which frankly isn't high at all. Um, and actually what you're going to see, in my view, is yes, you know, maybe cities right, inflation hits 18% in January, but we're then actually going to enter next July, a period of massive deflation, actually as, as everything over a 12-month period comes whizzing back down again. And we could have deflation of 10%. In other words, don't look at all of these inflationary numbers and things. Also, you can't compare European inflation with UK inflation because we don't, for instance, offset the money that's being paid to offset your energy bills, whereas Europe does when they calculate their inflation figures. So it's, you have to be really careful with what's going on at the moment with economics. Um, and it will reset itself. When you think about it, the same amount of oil and gas is being produced today as it was before, and actually demand is lower, so prices should be going down. It's just that supply chains have all changed, basically partially because of the Russian war and the closure of Nord Stream 1, um, but we've just got to get the supply chains reorganised because it's actually also being produced, it's just going to different customers. As an example, you know, India is importing massive amounts of, of Russian oil and gas um, and refining it and then selling it in the open market as, as petrol. Uh, Malaysia, believe it or not, has become a massive exporter of oil and gas, mainly to China, but of course it's buying it in from Russia. It's just a case of sorting it all out. Um, so it's not all doom and gloom. Having said that, it's going to be also, we need to bear in mind when talking about the markets and therefore tech and transition energy, it is going to be a horrendous, horrendous winter for so many people. Um, we are, we have had 14 years basically of artificially low interest rates, uh, printing money just to keep everything going. It's been a massive party and we're now going to have the hangover of hangovers. The good news, though, is I think it's going to be very, very painful, but also pretty short. I think it could be all over in about 
six to 12 months. Um, and then actually, hopefully, it'll be happy days again. Do you disagree with any of that, Phil? Oh, taking Are you still awake, way. Phil? Sorry, oh, maybe I maybe I sent you to sleep I, with all of that I'm ramble. Very much awake. I'm very much awake and taking in everything you said. I, I mean, my my feeling is that the it, it is very much supplied. Well, as you say, there's been all this easy money for such a long period, um, but it's caused such big sort of spikes in demand. I mean, whether you're looking at uh, at energy or or electronics or you, you know cars whatever we've had demand spikes and 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 then you know massive adjustments to the supply chain and 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 that could unravel quickly and that's why you know we've been looking at trying to track companies and what they're seeing in terms of demand but also what's happening in terms of production um and capacity for things because what happens is when you see an awful lot of demand coming through then companies invest a huge amount in production and that at some stage comes online and when it comes online it causes you know it causes deflation which you're talking about and that's yeah i i think because this is this is quite it's very unusual to the last downturn we had you know post sort of lehman's um that this is this is different and a lot is supply chain related um and i think it's an area that you know you're right to you're right to point out Look, I mean, the economics rule book has actually been thrown completely out of the window. Uh, we're in a completely new, we've not seen anything like this before, but, you know, where you've got a war, you've got, you know, the, the geopolitical Cold War II with China, um, where you've got this inflation, this energy crisis, interest rates going up. We never see anything quite like it. Uh, and who knows quite where it ends up? No one really knows how it ends up. Um, but I'm just saying, you know, be careful not to get sucked into short term things and, and try and take a view outside. Just in reality, how the world, I'll tell you what, the world is always really good at resetting itself as well. It gets imbalanced and then it resets itself. It's, it's remarkably clever at doing that. But just one point whilst on this energy crisis, whilst energy prices mm. going up to the roof, through the roof. I don't know if you know, but notice, but, you know, to charge an EV now, I'm not talking for your home, I'm talking about going to a charging point. Basically, it would now cost you about 20p a mile to charge a mid-sized EV. Now, I don't know what car you drive because I didn't see your car. Actually, you had it parked at the golf club. Oh, we're back to the golf club. Um, but for us <laughs> driving, you know, a Citroen Saxo, it's all my wife will allow me to have. She's got the posh car. Uh, I can do well a lot more than a mile on 20p of fuel. So in other oh. words, it is no longer cheaper to drive an EV. And, I, I, you know, that's a fascinating statistic. Now, it's going to change. Um, but why buy an EV when it's cheaper to drive a petrol car? We're the same. I've got a Mini Cooper, and that is uh, that's twenty about just under twenty p a mile. And my wife, she has a very nice car too. I'd beat you, yeah. But around the twenty p, um, yeah. Why do it without without incentive? But look, I'm I'm like you. I think things this time, this time around, this time around, it'll be different. But I think things could unravel more quickly. And maybe a bit more positively. This why I keep keep sort of looking at when we're going through these company results and what companies are saying. It's like what are they seeing in terms of their end demand and where are they cutting their expenditure? And as I say, you can't help but look at where they're they're spending. And I hear what you say about you know their balance sheets are stronger than they were. That's for sure. But but seeing those cuts coming through and not still not still not seeing those those serious sort of cuts coming through in expenditure. It's ah, look. It's well, and the it's, other thing, and we've said this yeah. before on the podcast, Phil, is that you know we mustn't forget, you know, we are the little UK, 
sadly we are becoming rather little, uh, big America has got plenty of money. Uh, and now with the dollar where it is today, which, uh, yeah. you know, was it one one point one? I was going to say one point one six. I'm just doing one point one five eight four. Oh. I mean, you just they just want to buy everything that's British, really. We're, we're, we're completely up for grabs. America's going to buy us. Well, and, and that's that's come through this week, hasn't it? Um, Aviva Software. Well, no, Aviva's not different. It's uh, Schneider Electric already got sixty percent of it, but um, the French conglomerate may look to take the further, you know, the remaining forty percent of Aviva Software. And this was a spin out, I think, originally out of Cambridge University market cap of eight point five billion, which shows how good you know the UK markets can be for tech companies. Um, but also Microfocus, um, MCRO's ticket of that, 1.8 billion market cap now. Um, it's enterprise software. They supply thousands of corporates around around the world, uh, help with cyber IT operations, comms, etc. Um, but yeah, Canada's Open Text Corp looking to buy, um, looking for Microfocus. And of course, Dark Trace being approached, which we previously talked about. Yeah, it's. Still haven't got a price on that, have we? <laughs> Uh, no, we haven't. No, no, we have not. Uh, no, uh, but yeah, look, I think the, yeah. the, the Americans are buying it. One, actually, I, tell you, I don't know if you saw, I mean, it's a stock game we talked about a lot, IP Group. It was tipped in the mail on Sunday. You were probably busy having your, your bacon and eggs in the clubhouse. Um, and not reading a newspaper about the mail on Sunday. Who reads the mail on Sunday? Well, I do, actually. Uh, uh, yeah, um, I do. Yeah. But IP Group was tipped in there as a great way to get exposure to tech and biotech. And complimenting Greg Smith on the job that he's done as CEO, which, again, I've said that on this podcast before. I think he's doing a great job. Um, it, it, it would be it would be interesting if somebody tried to make a bid for IP Group. I'm not sure if you could. Um, but you know what? If you were an American sort of, you know, PVC type house, you wanted to get exposed to all those little companies they've got. What a great way of doing it in one fell swoop. Well, it is, isn't it? Oh yeah, and you could pay a hell of a premium yeah. and still get an under NAV. Yeah, uh, yeah, it just—I yeah. don't think it'll happen. I'm not sure it's—I don't know if you can make a bit, but I mean, it's just an interesting thought. Something like that would be so vulnerable. Yeah. Oh, don't, don't, don't. Let's not see another one go, go up. But you're right. Yeah. Actually, I'll tell you what I did notice. Going on to a smaller side, but talking mm. of these sort of. Um, if you want to work better word in fact you should have noticed as well because it's a corporate client um and you're the analyst on the stock um but like ip group a uh, super c which we fluted fluted floated sorry i'm not on my champagne flutes i promise you i haven't had a drink at lunch at all um in fact, i haven't had a drink since monday there you go not that i should be that proud of that's not very long really is it but anyway uh super c that we floated uh they put out a really interesting announcement i thought uh, saying they'd be they'd basically been the lead funder of a 3.6 million pound round into the leading brand advocacy platform jewel did you see that one i think it was on holiday andrew i apologize oh, actually you were on holiday I'll, I'll let you off with that you are the analyst on this i think uh jewel actually um it's a, it's a advocacy software as a for SaaS platforms that help consumer retail brands right grow through the advocacy of their passionate customers as he puts it and fans so but it's used by people like asos unilever charlotte tilbury rab monica vilanda mint velvet beauty pie neon bleach lms few names we know there and we do know that this whole uh, platforms to help brands 
is a very interesting space, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Oh, so, look, sorry, I missed that one. I was on vacation, but that sounds fascinating. And that's the sort of company that could really grow and really scale. Wow. Well, say so Superseed is very, very small. It's very niche. If anybody's, and they are very early, early stage investors, but if anybody is interested in Superseed, do come and talk to us. Um, just whilst on brands, by the way, I noticed that uh, Revolution Beauty, as we predicted, was suspended. Yeah. Um, no, no prizes for predicting that, though, really. And I also noticed that one of our clients, S Ventures, this morning, uh, did a small deal in uh, Germany for Eliza, uh, and did a bit of an Indian rope trip, raising two million pounds at seventy p when their own share price is twenty p. Um, I mean, hey, you got to admire if you can do that. I wish I could do that. I mean, I, I used to think I was a good broker, Phil. But I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. They did <laughs> well done them for getting that. Yeah. Unfortunately, I also noticed today. Uh, a, a client that was ours some time ago, and we we, we agreed to. Uh, this was some time ago. Agreed to go our own ways, but I just keep a little bit of watching eye on it. Yeah, because it's got a good product, but unfortunately, Eternity Networks uh, yeah. had a profits warning basically because had some orders cancelled, uh, and the stock price. Uh, and sadly, since we parted our ways, I think there were about forty p when we parted. Now down at about eight p. Yeah. Um, but it's it's a company that actually needs proper help to really get going. It's fundamentally got a good product, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah, it's advanced networking technology, um, and that was yeah, that was a shame to see that today actually. Yep. Well, now I think it's been a lot of um, well, I'd say the only other other actually going back a little bit how we started um, in the FT today, there was a large article. I mean, I read the headline, and I thought, oh my god, this is gonna this is gonna be my morning. Uh, the, the headline was electricity storage battery group set for windfall amid market volatility. And there was a picture of the energy super hub Oxford. And I thought, oh, I've got to read this article. It's going to be incredible, incredible. Sadly, no mention of our favourite, Infinity Energy Systems. Um, but it is basically pointing to the fact that um, all of these battery storage companies, be they lithium or vanadium or any form of flow or any other form of energy storage, are what the world needs at the moment. Um, it was the Infinity AGM this week. I know uh, somebody who's probably listening. I won't say your name, but your initials are PR. Was there asking some very difficult questions. Totally within your right to ask the difficult questions, by the way. And I can tell you, I spoke with Larry Zulch afterwards and said you were asking these difficult questions. And he said, to be honest, he was completely within his right. And they were good questions. So um, I, I'm, I'm sorry I couldn't make it. I was busy doing something else. Um, but Larry is in town. But I mean, it's interesting. We are are having some interesting conversations but what is amazing although we have this energy crisis in the in Europe there still seems to be a complete lack of interest knowledge imagination about how to solve it in terms of some of these battery solutions you'd think that people particularly governments or some of the big companies would be jumping up and down how do we get involved in this space because it's clearly the future and and the people will need it um it's just not happening in Europe. It is happening in America. Um, and in fact, America is really starting to get momentum here. And I, I will tell you, the next big news and moves and all that sort of thing, probably for all of the energy storage battery groups, and I'm surprised that some of our UK ones haven't gone out there as well, it's all going to happen in America. Next three months in America, I think it's going to be absolutely transformational with the industry. They are so far ahead of us in their thinking 
and their funding. It's really quite disappointing, but it's also fascinating. So watch out if I'm jumping on a plane to America. It's all about, yeah, it's all about capital at the end of the day and the scale of what they're seeking to deploy out there is astonishing. And it, we, it will move, move, move quickly. And I, and do you know what? Alongside that, and getting this is getting back to the supply, the whole supply business. Um, I thought you saw there was a report. It was the Clean Energy Association, and they had a, a pricing forecast report out for wafer supplies. This is for solar, <clears throat> so it's polysilicon for solar. Um, and they are saying, I didn't realize I've not followed the solar sort of prices that closely, but polysilicon is now around $45 a kilo, and it's up 600% on the first quarter of 2020. Um, and this report is forecasting a fall of about 23% by 2023 which is about $10 per kilo. And why am I chuntering on about this? Well, there's a lot more supply coming on stream. So this business of getting back to how we started this conversation, Andrew, is the supply situation it, here is changing dramatically. A lot more is being produced. Prices are going to come down, and that will lead to, you know, hopefully, um, in more solar installations, um, helping to resolve the whole energy crisis that we have. You get is does polysilica come from mineral sands? Oh bloody hell! I should know this. I'm like the silicon chip industry. I think it might, and I think yeah, isn't that think, why you yeah. spent so much yes, time in the is. bunkers, Phil? Because you were looking for polysilica. Look, I've said I don't want to discuss this, Andrew. I'm not going to. <laughs> I couldn't resist it. Sorry. <laughs> Hopefully, I can get out of this quicker than I did the bunkers. <laughs> well, uh, there we are. As if you're listening to this, by the way, you can gather there's not a huge amount of news, which is why we're having a little bit of a giggle. Although I think some of the macro stuff we've talked about, Phil, is actually really important because unless at the moment you can see your way through some of these macro issues and trends and work out where you're going to be in three months' time, it's very difficult to make any investment. Um, it, and understanding yeah. Yeah, where the dollar might end up, where the energy price might end up, it is key to a lot of thought process and actually whether you should invest at all. I mean, right now, the markets in the last few days have been horrific and some people are probably thinking, I never want to make an investment again. That's actually wrong, but it's all about timing and getting the right company with the right management, the right product going in the right direction. Um, anyway, another little rant from me. Yeah, but that's a, tru that's a truism. I remember when the FTSE was down at 4,000, it was about hit 4,000. Um, again, post, you know, in the Great Recession, post Lehman's, and then I was looking at industrial companies, uh, FTSE 250 ones, which had flipping collapsed. But if you picked out the ones that have got good management, good brands, you know, great customer bases, reasonable balance sheet, was the time to look at them because you think they they ain't gonna they're not gonna go bust, and when things recover, they're gonna be there. So you know, it's, it's uh, I'm a bit worried because I can remember the FTSE when it was still in the hundreds. You know, the FTSE was like 900 or something. Hadn't even got into the thousands. Just shows you how old I am. <laughs> oh, dear. Andrew, this sounds like a very good time to end the podcast, you know. <laughs> I, I think it probably is. It's a short one, which is probably please everybody. Um, look, if anybody, as you can see, we were slightly lacking ideas today. So if you've got an yeah. idea, send it in to us and we can talk about it. We're going to do a bit of digging, a bit of research. Um, uh, if you've got any concerns, queries, questions, you name yeah. it. Just tell us. We love to have a bit of interaction.
Um, but uh, if other than that, let's call it a day. Thank you all for listening, and we will be back next week. We certainly will.